All right, people, if you have listened to this podcast before, you know Art of the Trek is a great place to plan your backpacking trips. Our friends over at Art of the Trek are working hard to research and add things like campsites, trailheads, and scenic locations to their public map. The good news is that you can now add your own points of interest to the map and help your fellow adventurers plan their trips. That's pretty cool. If you have something like a favorite campsite, trailhead, or a scenic location that you'd like to share with others, please head over to artofthetrek.com, turn on some points of interest from the overlays menu, and select the orange plus sign at the bottom of your screen to help your fellow hikers plan the best trips possible. If you contribute at least a dozen or so of these, Art of the Trek is going to send you a free swag bag. That's pretty sweet. All right. A good old welcome back to the channel. There's, I meant to put my some... melee on. For, actually, I'm going to put my melee on. It's cold in here. I feel like that's true Colorado Trail. Yeah. There's there's only three people watching. Nice. <laughs> uh, no more buildup to let people come in while we hang out in the green room. Not for this one. Yeah. Not for Six people. Five people. We lost one. <laughs> we were too boring. <laughs> All right. Okay. Ugh, it gets a little chilly down here. I saw uh, Britney Spears posted a really racy picture on Instagram today. I was like, that's not going to help her cause. <laughs> Why wouldn't it help her cause? I don't know. Doesn't she have to prove she's like... I don't know. I don't know. All right. Do you know how many people are like nuts out there and that are not in conservatorship? It's true. All right. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back to the podcast. Happy Saturday. Um, Amazing Saturday. Amazing Saturday. It's it's beautiful here in the Midwest. Uh, We're going to talk all things Colorado Trail, our trip out there. I got I got I got some things to unpack. Yep. Um, But first. What are we doing? The Eagle Rare? Yeah, yeah. Let's get a let's get some. That's a new. Uh, uh, where did I? Did you get that bottle for me? Yeah. Where'd you get that? I order them online. Oh right, when you did the uh, when you did that. Yeah, that's they're, right. They're like twenty five bucks. Yeah, there. that's that's not bad. Yeah. Um, as you can see, so at the uh, right here, 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 <laughs> right below me, um, we'll talk about that. Is the uh, the full GPX trace of our trip and we'll, we'll kind of walk through it segment by segment. Did you get it? Yeah, I got... Ow. You hurt yourself? I got a Charlie horse in my hand. Have you ever had that in your hand before? No, you need some <laughs> electrolytes. I have. I've, I, I've drank so many electrolytes today because I, I did a bunch of cardio. It's going to be a healthy pour. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Are you feeling the altitude? Like feeling yeah. the effects of being at sea level? I was. My resting heart rate was dips back into the down in the 40s. I don't track that. My watch probably has it. Yeah, I'm sure. No, it's it's interesting. It's a good status. Um, And that's actually something I want to get to. Um, All right. Welcome, everybody. Hold on a second. What? Jacob Poucher in the chat says, not this Britney Spears crap again. Hey, we will talk about Britney Spears if we want to. Jacob, I appreciate you are a fan of the channel, and I like that, but we get to talk about whatever we want. (laughs) That's the point of the podcast. (laughs) And if if I want to talk about Britney Spears, I'm going to have a little comment about Britney Spears. But... I or promise to not talk about Britney Spears. Okay. Anymore. Anymore. Done. Last comment. But <laughs> check out the picture she posted. She's looks, she looks good. She looks good. Uh, okay. So uh, there's probably like five or six things I want to unpack. Obviously, um, 
old Bryce and Scott are not here. We were going to do this debrief like right after we got off of the plane, but it, it just didn't happen. Bryce had to get home and, and Scott stayed out in Colorado. And the, the and Bryce is like, I don't want to do call-ins. So we can talk as much shit about Bryce as we want to because he, he didn't yeah. want to be here. And our flights were delayed too. So yeah. We, we, got, yeah. we didn't get back till later. So um, I think first we'll kind of talk through what we actually did. And then I have probably like four or five topics of conversation. Yeah. So uh, as you can see on the screen, so that red line, um, that fully red line, and we'll talk about the total mileage, but that mm-hmm. red line you're looking at is about 55 miles. Yeah. Because the, and, uh, the total trip was about 60 because the very, very bottom, let's see if I can find my cursor uh the very very bottom right down here is the um we did a up and back of mount elbert so that's five miles up and back so it's really it's more than that no it was like 4.75 up and back no so 4.75 each way correct so nine and a half yeah Uh, but what i'm what i'm trying to say is this entire red squiggly line is 55 miles but our trip was 60 because there's two red lines here that's what i'm trying to say so like don't look at the red line i'm like we did 60, 60 miles, but the red line on the screen is only 55. That's what I'm trying to explain. Wow, you're really confusing what okay. you're getting there. All right. So we'll go, we'll walk through the trip and then we'll get to our talking points. So we started, you can see um, right up in this area. In, uh, was it Keystone? No. So that is it Copper God, or so Keystone? Right. Is it my, it's right here, right? Yeah. Uh, it's Copper Mountain. Yeah. So, um, uh, real, real, real quick. The Colorado Trail. Actually, will you Google this? It's like four hundred miles, three hundred four seventy-eight, uh, uh, and it's broken down into segments. Or I was not. Uh, oh, sorry. No, it's like between. I think it's around four hundred. So the car. It's real quick. We we'll give like a real quick because we didn't really do a, a ton of intro to this. Five sixty-seven. Wow. Okay. So the the Colorado Trail. Oh, wait. Is, no. No, that's not right. That's not right. Okay. One says this one says five sixty. A premier backcountry five sixty-seven miles trail. That's not right. But this one says four eighty-eight. That sounds right. So it's four hundred eighty-eight miles. Um, if I zoom, I'm not going to zoom out on this map. But uh, it goes. It starts in Denver and it goes to Durango. So it really. It's, if you're Denver is like eastern Colorado and Durango is uh, southwestern. So it like just goes through the state, and it's split up into segments. So that's kind of how they track it. And then we. How many segments are there? it's right on there it's like 20 some it's good background when i tell you what we did so the 470 some miles is split up into i think 30 segments and the the thing to know is um that all the, the segments are not i honestly don't know I'm sure there's a reason why and how they dictated what segments were what, but the segments are not like evenly. You you can have a 10 mile segment and you can have like a 30, 40 mile segment. So when I tell you we did, you know, segments eight, nine, 10, um, it's not like linear. It's not like it was 20 miles in each segment. They can be like super sprawled out. Um, I don't, I, I honestly can't, I don't, not quickly find out how many segments are, but we've got. Some if you wrote, oh. if you wrote, you just Google how many segments of the Colorado Trail. It doesn't yeah. come up. Uh, not easily. Um, but we've got some Colorado Trail pros. My guess is like twenty-eight. Well, you got. You can't just Google how many segments. <laughs> That's not going to help you. <laughs> My guess is twenty-eight. Anyway, where that point on the map. 33, 33 segments, 477 miles, 33 segments. The last time we were there, we did segments one through six. Um, we skipped segment seven. So the the top of that uh, red area, that starts segment 
eight. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. By the way, uh, I just want to shout out so far two different people in this the bourbon is so good. I know. So I want to shout out Mad Hippie's Life. Yeah, they uh, yeah they gave us a lot of good info. And then also Girl Plus Dog Adventures. Is she in the chat? She's in the chat. When she finishes, she's coming on the podcast. She's from Durango. She's in Durango right now. She's in Durango right now? Yeah. What? Really? That's what she said. Oh, nice. That's awesome. But thank you for saying 567 of Total Trails. Oh, because the collegiate loop. Yeah. The collegiate loop. There's a loop in the Colorado Trail, and most people pick a side, and if you the whole loop would include 570 miles. That makes sense. All right. So the top of that uh, red line, and if you're a lot of people, <coughs> I have to say this, because a lot of people watch, like listen to the audio of this, and if you're listening to the audio, head over to YouTube, and you can see the map on the screen <coughs> and see what we're talking about. Um. Also, if you're listening to the audio, check out the YouTube channel. Yeah. There's a lot of people that just find the podcast. Anyway. And also, you need to rate us. Rate us on iTunes, people. We got like 120 reviews. Um, anyway, the top of that red on the screen is the start of segment eight. Uh, it starts at Copper Mountain. We skipped segment seven. I, I will talk about why we did segments eight through ten. Uh, which totals um, about 55 miles, why we did that specifically. So a um, couple reasons. One, we, we did kind of want to start a little bit by where we left off. So two years ago, we hiked one through six, and that ends in the town of Breckenridge, which you can see on the map. It's like right in here. Um, and here's the deal. We, we wanted to end at a 14er. So we, we chose uh, Mount Elbert, and we'll get there. Uh, so we kind of like picked where we wanted to end and they're like, okay, we have five days. We don't want to kill ourselves. Uh, and, and I want to get into this later, but we did do some aggressive mileage. Um, so we kind of just, we, we said we want to stop here and hike Mount Albert on the last day. And then we just kind of backtracked. We're like, okay, we, you know, 50 to 60 mi miles in four nights, five days. So mm -hmm. that's how we ended up starting at segment eight. We didn't just like randomly skip seven for no reason. It was just kind of logistics. Uh, so what we were, um, fortunate enough to be able to do uh because scott has has family out there was um we could we dropped a car off at the end here and then got dropped off here at the end at the beginning so um yeah we hiked in thursday morning so uh what we did was um we flew in late wednesday night so columbus you can there's a direct flight like every night to denver we flew in uh, it was actually worked out really perfectly um, we left here at 7 p.m. and we landed in Denver at like 8.30 p.m. because of the time change. Uh, so Wednesday night, uh, we just we stayed up in Evergreen, Colorado Wednesday night. And then Thursday morning, we got up at 6 a.m. and got in. And I want to finish talking about the trip because that was a gr an aggressive way to start. We, we went from sea level to like 9,000 feet in the course of like 12 hours. Um, uh, more than that. Yeah, well, no, no, no. We we like we started at nine thousand feet. Oh, right. We started right. hiking at nine thousand feet. Yeah. Anyway, high level. That was the trip. Segments eight, nine, ten, and then summiting Mount Elbert, which is um, the highest peak in Colorado and the second highest peak in the lower forty-eight at like fourteen thousand four hundred. Um, so we were out there in Colorado, and we wanted to do a fourteener. And there's a couple right here. There's Mount Massive, and there's Mount Elbert, and we we picked Mount Elbert just. Uh, was there a reason why we picked that one? Second highest. Yeah. yeah we were going to do it. Anyway, so that was the trip. Three segments, 55 miles, 
with an extra 50 miles with another 10 miles of Mount Albert going up and back. Yeah. So, and we did it in four nights, five days, Thursday to uh, Monday, yeah. right? Yeah, it came out Monday. So the first topic of discussion is AMS. Oh. First off, I'd never heard... Altitude mountain sickness? No. Acute mountain sickness. <laughs> I like altitude mountain sickness. So. Close. So here's what happened. Um, the first day, and this is this will be in the video. Actually, it's, it's done very tastefully in the trip video. Yeah. Um, old Bryce had some issues with the altitude. And for reference, Bryce came with us two years ago to Colorado. Uh, where we were at, we started know, out like we, seven. We started so we, we you know, Denver's obviously lower, so we hiked in at like fifty eight hundred actually, and yeah. we made our way to ten eleven. This trip, so this trip, we were between, we were basically between a ten five and twelve five the yeah. whole time. Yeah. So a little bit higher. The, the Bryce got hit real hard by the altitude the first day, and I'll just be honest, and and he will admit this too. He's he kind of struggled with the altitude the entire trip. Yeah. Um, which was not something I was expecting. And I, what kind of connect, we can kind of have a conversation about this because Scott was, you know, it, everyone says like altitude sickness can hit anyone, mm -hmm. any given time, re regardless of anything, which is kind of interesting, but I will say you and I have been at this altitude probably a hundred times, probably yeah. from skiing. Mm hmm. And I, you and I have never once had any altitude stuff ever, right? No, but definitely day one, you, I, I could feel it. Yeah, you can, there's a difference between feeling a little right. winded and, and, having, and having like what Bryce went and through. having, and we'll kind of describe it. So, um, like I said, we got dropped off at the trailhead at about 9,000, 9,300 ish feet. And the first day. So the, the one thing I want to, we did was the first day was really aggressive for us. We did 12 miles, uh, and we did about 3000 feet of climbing on the first day, which is like super aggressive in general for a first day for a hike for us. But then throwing the fact that you're, you know, we live at, yeah. we, we live at 900 feet above sea level and, you know, literally in, in the course of. 12 hours going from 900 to 9,000. That was a little bit too aggressive. Um, anyway, what happened was we started climbing up and he was like, he, he, was, he was feeling fine at first. We had and, to, we had two passes to do on day one too, over 12,000 feet. They were both over 12,000 feet. And basically once we got up into like nine or 10, now another thing I'm going to say is this one, two weeks either two or three weeks prior to this trip, Bryce ran a hundred mile race. Yeah. <laughs> so Bryce is in shape. Yeah. He's in damn good shape. The other thing old Bryce was crushing beers on the way up. <laughs> I mean, he had at least one. No, if we, not, had, we, we had a, we had a, uh, we had a pass beer. He, it. no, I have footage. He had a beer when we stopped for lunch. <laughs> so it's, it's he, I, I remember he didn't want to carry that weight around. So Bryce crushed multiple beers. I think that didn't help with the hydration status. Anyway, at about 10,000, he started making some comments. And I have this will all be in the video. Um, about ah. 10,000 feet, he was like talking about how he was like a little nauseous and feeling lightheaded. 
And then throughout the day, he did the first pass fine, but uh, in between the the first and the second pass at probably like 3 p.m., he was getting really lightheaded uh, and was at the back of the group. And Bryce is a really solid hiker, so that's not like him. Um, And then by the time we got to camp the first night, it was real bad. Yeah. Um, He He, couldn't eat. He couldn't. He just couldn't eat. Uh, he got to camp. We got to camp at like six, and he just immediately went in his tent and went to bed. And we didn't see him for the rest of the night. And we were trying to like, we were basically trying to force it. We're like, dude, you got to eat. I mean, we, it was. I mean, twelve miles. Yeah, we were giving three thousand feet of climbing. We were giving him tons of electrolytes. Yeah, we were. We were basically like forcing noon tablets in his water. And he had. Did he have some salt pills? Yeah, he took some salt pills. I. I don't think it was like. I think he was. I mean. Obviously, being dehydrated would make it 10 times worse. But, I mean, I think he was hydrated. Yeah, it wasn't purely a dehydration thing. No, for sure. Um, But I've never never been with someone who's gotten it. Yeah. Have you? No. So it was very uh, interesting for me to see because I'm like, oh, shit, this is what can happen to people. Um, Because he was – and he he readily admits in the video and he'll admit to – he wanted to tap out after that first night. Um, there was just no physical way he could. Yeah. <laughs> we were in the mountains at 12,000 feet. There's no way to get out of there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, basically what happened was at 3 a.m., I, like, randomly woke up. And he was, at 3 a.m., he was finally, like, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then he was able to eat breakfast the next morning. Uh, right. And that's when he was like, dude, if I could have tapped, I would have. Uh, it was, I've never seen someone like that. And Bryce is, you know, he ran a hundred miles like weeks before this. Like he's in good shape. Uh, and I, he was, I mean, he was struggling. Uh, so it was really weird to see. And I mean, not scary. I don't, it was never to a point. He didn't start like throwing up. I feel like that's when I'd be like, oh shit. Yeah. No, he, I, he just was just physically drained. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he got to camp and effectively fell asleep sitting in his camp chair. Yeah, we woke him up and we were trying to get him to eat, but at least we got him to like hydrate. He wouldn't eat. No, he would not eat that night. Uh, so we just forced liquids into him. Uh, and, and and then I'll be honest with you, he he was good the next day, yeah. but he battled the elevation the entire trip. Yeah. Um, I mean, he like headaches, lightheadedness. The entire trip. So I'd never seen that before. I, I I thought maybe it would go away. I mean, it basically, I mean, it got much better the next morning. I mean, to the point where he was fine to hike. Yeah. It wasn't like a serious thing, no, but he didn't he, feel great. Yeah. He got up, he got up the next day and he's like, wow. He's like, I feel like a million times better. And he's like, I, that was, he's like, that was rough. Yeah. I mean, when he was like, I would have tapped if I could have. And then I started laughing. It's like, well, you can't, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? You got to hike at least 10 miles to the next like segment start where there's a road and then you what hitch. I, I don't know. There's no Uber out there. Yeah. And then we made him go up a 14er. <laughs> yeah. So, um, he did really good on the 14er. No, he was I, fine he by was, the end of the trip. Leader of the pack. I actually, and I, I felt like a dick saying this, but I felt great the first day. Um, I mean, I felt fantastic. Some of it is like I, I a natural like high of being yeah. in the Rockies and being on a backpacking trip. And it's like so much beauty prettier than anything we do so you just like you have like a natural high there so i felt great i mean i felt winded obviously and and you know and we can have we can talk a little bit about the strategy you know my strategy at altitude is one I, i i literally drink twice as much water as i normally do which i think really helps uh and then 
eat more and then I'll take some ibuprofen if I start to get a headache. But I really didn't take, um, I didn't really take any ibuprofen this trip, yeah. which is a really change of pace for me. Yeah. What was weird is that whenever we stopped, this is just day one after day one, I was fine. But whenever we stopped on day one, we'd take a break and then we'd get going again. When we got going, I felt like really tired. Andy also hiked real fast. Uh, Andy hiked way faster than any of us. So that might be, might have been why. No, it was like, it wasn't like exhaust. It, it wasn't like um, I'm like physically exhausted. It was, it was kind of like a little bit of like, I don't want to call it lightheaded, but it was definitely altitude related. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I got headaches, a little like minor, uh, but you know, I, I just take it easy up the climbs, drink a ton of water, yeah. eat breathe whatever so that was um if we go back to the map here basically the first day was kind of this chunk right here um up through two passes i'll tell you what the first it's crazy that we did that on the first day but what a beautiful section that was yeah segment eight. Oh my gosh it so it's amazing so what is really cool for us you know coming from the midwest where you're in a green tunnel is when you know between between eleven and 12,000 feet, the trees start to thin out. Mm -hmm. And then when you're at 11, 5, 12, there's no trees. Yeah, so you're, you're totally zone. exposed. You're in like a total alpine zone. And it's it's way different. It, it's super windy. You got sun beating down on you. There's rocks everywhere. There's different types of animals. And that is something very cool for us and something we don't... Like it's kind of... It's almost Dolly Sods-ish. I mean, Dolly Sods, to give it credit, does feel kind of like that. It's artificial though. It is artificial, but it, it's like a, it feels like an alpine zone. But that's the cool thing about the CT is like you go into these passes in these like northern zones where there's no trees and it's just it's a very surreal uh, landscape. The video, I, the video will be really good that I that we shot. We have we got some really good drone footage and like you'll be able to see kind of like how vast and open it is. But the first day was very epic. I would say like I would say probably over half of the first day, half to three quarters of the day was in the Alpine zone. Yeah. So we hiked in at 9,000 and it was just a, it was a basically an eight or nine mile climb up to 12,000 and the last two or three miles going from like 11 to 12 and, and then 12 back down. And then, yeah, like at the end of the first day we got into camp. I mean, it's, it was the first tree line coming down. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we go up to 12,000, we do two passes, and then we were just dipping down. We just It was like 6 p.m., Bryce is dying. I'm like, we've got to find a campsite. Yeah. And it was, pretty, it was a pretty crappy campsite, yeah. to be honest with you. The first night was the, the worst campsite. So um, the second day, we finished segment eight, so kind of this, this area right here. Segment eight was long. Segment eight was like 20 or 30 miles. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the second day was when we did... 12. So another thing that happened was, was this, the, was this when we had to shorten the day? Yeah. yeah. So this, so basically we had, we, had, we, we wake up, um, on the second day, the, the second, the morning of the second day. And we got, we were like, okay, that looks like, um, on gut hook. It looks like there's a really good camping area. We were, we were trying to do 14 or 15 miles. It's like 15 away. miles away. And that's when, and by the way, shout out to Girl Plus Dog Adventures because she yeah. helped us out with this. So that's when people started telling us, uh, both uh, you know, people were DMing us on Instagram and as well as uh, on the Gut Hook app, which is great. People leave comments. And that's when we were told that there's basically like an eight or nine mile 
section of segment nine, which we were going into where the, (laughs) I was referring to it as a mosquito hellscape uh, where like the mosquitoes were so bad. Like people were just hiking through it. Like it was really difficult to camp. And part of it, I think is just the time of the year. It was really wet. Yeah. I'm usually, you don't have to worry about mosquitoes there. Really. Yeah. And we had originally planned to camp in the middle of all that. And so, so yeah, if we were to do 15 miles, we literally would be camping in the middle of this like ridiculous mosquito zone. And the comments on the gut, uh, gut hook app were hilarious. I mean, people were like, you're going to get to camp. You're going to filter water and you're immediately going to get in your tent because yeah. the mosquitoes are so bad. And we're like, we're not doing that. Yeah. So what we did the second day uh, was we camped like right outside the mosquito zone in a great campsite. Yeah. Uh, like a huge wide open in the pines campsite um, to like be like on the border, basically right before segment nine starts. Yeah. And there was a water issue too. So we, yeah, cannot- we had to do dry camp, which always sucks. Yeah, we had to, there was a water issue, so it was like, it was like exactly at 12 miles, that was when, that was when you were going to be able to camp, and any farther you're in this supposed mosquito zone, and um, I'm not hauling water, I'm not hauling a bunch of water through the zone either, that's what we kind of all made. Yeah, so it was like, okay, basically it was like, okay, we can either do 15 miles today and 15 miles tomorrow, or it's like 14 miles today and 14 miles tomorrow, or we can do 12 miles today and 16 miles tomorrow, and that's what we ended up doing. It's closer to 17. Yeah, it was actually ended up being closer to 17. So we get up uh, the morning of day three, and we're like, oh, we're getting ready for the mosquitoes. So like Andy and I have done this. We've done this in Picture Rocks. So if people are listening or watching this, you've never had to do the mosquito stuff. Oh, God. (laughs) It's terrible. We did it in Pictured Rocks um, where you basically are walking through the woods, and you just have like a swarm of mosquitoes following you. And, And basically, you have to go like... You have to go almost four miles an hour to out stop. walk them and you can't stop. So our strategy when we do this is, you know, head net, of course, um, if, if the weather permits you and it's not super hot, hot, long sleeves, and then just deep, deep up like crazy and just don't stop. So we're like, okay, we got to do 17 miles. We've got this nine mile stretch of mosquito landscape so we got all like basically we woke up super early uh we got all deeded up and like had her head nets ready and the mosquitoes were fine <laughs> there was nothing there no they were there oh uh, they were there they but, were definitely but there they, but it wasn't like but we had missed the hatch or whatever like yeah. it, they were there and you had to use bug spray uh but you you didn't need a head net no. which was nice now when we stopped for lunch in there if you didn't have bug spray on, you were getting bit. Yeah. But bug spray was enough. to. So I don't know. I think what happened was that, that before we had gone to Colorado, like three days before, there was a massive rain, rain that came through. And that's going to brood mosquitoes. Um, and it rained a little bit on trail. But I think we just we hit it the right time of day. It was warm. It was sunny where the mosquitoes were bad. But it was never like we had to do a head net Mm-mm. and like really deal with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't. And then the coolest thing was, so Uh-oh. it's fine. See, up, look up there. It's fine. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's my computer. You got to switch Wi-Fi networks. Um, the coolest thing is when you come, when we came out of the mosquito landscape, uh, we got into an area called the Holy Cross Wilderness, Yeah, um, which was really cool. It so was just a small part of it. But that yeah. was in segment nine. What was uh, it like six or seven miles? So the Holy Cross water, so you can actually see it on the map. Maybe if I squint 
really are. It's on the map. It's like a massive chunk of wilderness, and the the CT just goes through it. Uh, here, give me this. The CT just goes through it like for like five or six miles, but it is really pretty. Yeah. Um, there's a like a whole backstory on why it's called the Holy Cross Wilderness. Um, it you got to hike up into it. You know, you got to hike up to like 10, 11,000 feet, but it's like super exposed, like really jagged, really uh, jaggedy. Yeah. It's like pine, uh, like kind of like open pine and rocks and boulders. It's really cool. And lakes. Yeah. And like some Alpine lakes, the Holy cross aside from this, the Holy cross wilderness, it looked really cool. Yeah. Um, so that was day three. We did 17 miles. Uh, every day we did, about 3,000 feet of climbing, other than the 14er, which is obviously like way more than that. We'll get there. Um, but 17 miles was a lot. Yeah. And we got to camp uh, pretty exhausted. Um, but not like it wasn't terrible. By the, th- the third day, you're kind of acclimated. And I'm trying to remember where we camped at the end of that 17 mile day. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, that was by the, uh, oh, that was, the, uh, by the river. Yeah, so this was this was pretty cool. So uh, another thing to t- kind of mention is we, it seemed like, and we kind of figured this out, like every other person we talked to out there was through hiking. Yeah, we were in the middle of the so CT like we were in the middle of the CT through hiking bubble, which was actually really cool. Um, like we shared camp that night with a bunch of through hikers, and uh, like stopping for lunch and a, a couple of through hikers um, at the start of that segment because they were hitching into Leadville. They were super nice. And they took our trash for us. Yeah, and how cool is that? And everyone just assumed uh, we were through hikers. We obviously were not. But it was really cool to be surrounded by through hikers because um, like you just you, you do learn a lot, like seeing especially seeing how they like set up and break down camp and like their routine. You kind of learn a lot and, and you, you can get a good sense of the trail. So that night. So this was night number three. Um, we shared, we did 17 miles and we shared camp with uh, three through hikers. And what had happened was, and I, so I did not plan for rain really for this trip. No. You always like, you're going to Colorado. It never rains. It rains maybe like, maybe like 10 minutes in the afternoon. Like a very light. So drizzle. we got to camp at like 630 and it started pouring. And luckily... We got all of our tents set up. We had a beautiful campsite on this yeah. creek. We got all our tents set up, and then it rained for like an hour and a half straight. Yeah. Poured. Which never happens. And what happened was uh, over that hour and a half, there were through hikers coming through, and they were just looking for places to set up. And we had a really good campsite. And it's <laughs> the only time it's legit to camp with somebody else is if you're a through hiker yeah. and it's raining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the cardinal sin Andy and I call. It's like if you have a great tent set, you, you three or four tents set up, everyone's having a good time, and then like pe- like random people you don't know set your set their tents up like two feet away from you. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It is, but, but it's acceptable. It's for definitely acceptable if you're through hiking. And and honestly, if, if it's just pouring down rain in general, like it's totally acceptable to do that. If you just need to get camp set up, like yep. we were not bothered whatsoever, and they were really cool. Yeah. Um, but it was funny. I went into my tent. So it starts pouring down rain. I get into the Altiplex. And then it stops raining an hour and a half later. And I pop out. And there's like four tents set up like all around us. I was like, who are these people? <laughs> um, but it was it was actually a really cool night. We hung out with um, one of them. Uh, Jen. Trail name Moana. Moana. That's right. Uh, she was pretty cool. Um, and so then, the, then the morning, the next morning, uh, day four, it was gorgeous. So then we're down, um, 
we're down into into this area right here. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to picture what day four was like. Day four was, um, was remember was we hiked up big, to the, it was two big climbs, two big climbs. And we hiked up to that open area with the power lines. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so every day it's like you wake up, you look at the gut hook app and you're like, oh, well, how many climbs do I have today? <laughs> you like every day is like 3000 feet of climbing. It's either like one, three, it's like one, 2000 foot climb and some random stuff. Or it's like two 1500 foot climbs and then nothing else. Mm -hmm. So this day was two, a thousand foot climbs with another thousand feet of elevation, like going kind of in between. Yeah. Um, beautiful day. So this was the, the end of segment nine or beginning of segment 10. Yeah. We did a little bit of segment 10. Um, we did basically three segments. Um, segment eight was long. It was like 20, 25 miles. Segment nine was like 10 or 15 miles. Then we mm -hmm. did some of segment 10. Um, and then what we did, so this is kind of a good story. So, Right down here at the end of day four, so night four, um, we camped right at the base of the Mount Elbert Trailhead. trailhead. So Mount Elbert's a 14er. There's uh, two or three different routes going up it. And it was really funny. The day before, so this whole day hiking, we get a view of Mount Elbert. And we're like, are we? Like, are, oh, shit. Are, are we it's high, man. <laughs> I mean, it's to the point where like half of the mountain is above the tree line. I know. So you see it and you see the trees and, and there's still like an entire environment above that. And we're like, and we're like, no way. There's no way that's Mount Albert. Uh, and we got to the base of it and we're like, this is our campsite. We're like, oh shit, this is it. So we, we camped right. Um, we'll kind of zoom in. Uh, so there's Mount Massive Wilderness. So that's another 14er. Um, and you can see the, uh, the Holy Cross Wilderness is up in here somewhere. Or, or, or I think it's right here. I can't really read. So anyway, we, we, um, we crossed this river and we camped right here. And then we're going to talk about the next day. Uh, it took us about eight hours round trip, uh, 4.75 up to Elbert and then 4.75 back down. And, and I do want to talk about that experience because that's unlike something I've ever done. Yeah. And we, st we actually started climbing at like 6.30 a.m. We started on the trail at 6.30 a.m. Uh, yeah. By 6.30, if by not earlier. Yeah. So we, so this is a Monday. Yeah. So the plan was, so this is a very popular peak to climb because yeah. it's the highest point in the Rockies. And it's like, it's a grade one, which means it's a trail. It's a hiking trail. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy. No, not at all. I mean, 4,200 feet of climbing in 4.75 miles. So you're climbing almost a thousand feet a mile. Mm -hmm. And to give you reference, uh, it's, it's about an hour a mile up too. Yeah. So a normal day on the Colorado trail, hiking 3000 feet over 15 miles is, you know, three, 400 feet of climbing a mile. And this is almost a thousand feet of climbing a mile. So it's, it's absurdly steep and it's just, it's a whole different way of hiking. Cause you're just, you're just one foot after the other. You're just slogging it uphill, yep. like endless uphill. Normally, like a backpack and climb, you can kind of see the top. You're like, oh, there's nothing. But no, it's like it's 6.30 a.m. I'm literally going to walk uphill for the next four and a half hours. And there's three false summits, too. Yeah, so a false <laughs> summit, it means like, you I can see the top, yay! And you get to the top, and you're like, oh, there's more. And there's three of those, which at least we knew. Yeah. At least, so like, 
I was like, oh, is that the top? And like, no. And then you get up there and like, oh, is that the top? And you're like, no. And then you get up there and like, oh, is that the top? And you're like, no. And then you get up the next one and like, oh, is that the top? And you're like, yeah, that's the top. So it kind of like plays with you mentally. Yeah. And the, um, the interesting thing about Albert too is probably only about a, like a quarter of the climb was in the woods. Yeah. So it, that was very cool. So yeah. like I said, the, the trees between like 11 and 12,000 people are much more towards 11. Uh, the trees start to taper off and you have to go to 14.5, right? So the vast majority of the climb, you're exposed the whole time. And it was, uh, I mean, not to encourage more people to do this. So I, first off, I couldn't imagine here, give me this. I, I couldn't imagine uh, doing that on a weekend. So we did oh, it on geez. a Monday be a line. and there were still tons of people there. Uh, so I could not fathom doing that on a weekend. Uh, like we were, we were warned doing it on a weekend. Like it's like lines of people going up and there were almost lines of people doing it on a Monday. So first piece of advice, don't do it on a weekend if you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second piece of advice is, and what we did, um, is get up there as early as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, because first off it's you do, hot. first off, yeah, a couple reasons. One it gets hot up there. Two, you avoid some of the crowds doing that. And three, uh, what can happen on these mountains and you know the, the dangerous aspect to this is yeah. these lightning storms and hail storms can roll in super fast. And if you're above 13,000, I mean, there's no cover. There's none. Yeah, and, and everybody says like the Colorado like mid-afternoon storms. That's a common thing. So luckily for us and... We actually shot an entire video that is just like there'll be a separate video that will be this 14er because it was such a cool experience. It was perfect. Yeah, it was I mean, it was beautiful being up that high. Like you think, oh, 14er is cool, but like you're so high, you get a complete uh, panorama view of like Leadville and all the mountains and all the valleys and it like not a cloud in sight. And yeah. it was it was amazing. It was amazing. It was breathtaking. Uh, so I couldn't recommend doing that enough. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of people. And, just, and like I said, it, it's not easy. No. And just give yourself time. Yeah. Uh, just one. I mean, there are, there are <laughs> points where we call it the crawl where you're just like foot step, foot step, foot step. Uh, when it's so steep and rocky and you're doing that for hours on end, you just, you can't like hike, hike it. And what was, so what we did was we camped at the base and we just filled our, um, we filled our packs with just this, obviously just the stuff we needed for the hike. We didn't yep. haul all of our backpacking gear up there. Nope. It was kind of part of the strategy. So we, we probably had like, you know, five to 10 pound packs. If that, yeah. if that, and that made a huge difference. Um, the other thing about these 14ers is there's no water yeah. and it, you know, it takes you about four and a half hours to go up and about two to two and a half to come down. Mm -hmm. So you're gone for seven or eight hours and you got, so you got to take a ton of water. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I didn't realize. Like you're physically exerting yourself for seven hours. So we each took, I don't know, between two, two and a half liters of water. Yeah. I had two liters and I was, I was dry. I, I was dry when I, I was totally down. dry by the time I got down. Um, but it was the, the Mount Elbert 14er. And if you're hiking the Colorado trail, like going, like the Colorado trail literally goes and like, here's the Elbert trail shooting off of it. Yep. So I would recommend doing it. If you have the time now, something, you know, we joked about is we actually, before this trip started to, so there's a mountain massive is right here, which is another 14 er right off the CT. We're like, Oh, we, 
maybe we'll do two. <laughs> and we're like, we'll just see how we're feeling. Cause we were camped at the bottom of Mount Albert. So in theory we could do one 14 er And if we were just absolutely wrecked, we wouldn't do the second one. Yeah. There was not a chance in hell. We were doing two of these things. Nope. Like literally, um, luckily, uh, in my, this, coming back down, my knees were jello by the end. Yeah, I, I, There is, I mean, going up sucks and I still, some people disagree with me, but going up definitely sucks more than going down, but going down sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, two and a half hours of just knee, 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 trekking pole, trekking pole, trekking pole. I mean, it, in your wrists, I mean, it it does suck um, going downhill on end. And, and like your quads, by the time you get down, are just totally burned uh, and your knees too. Uh, but, but some of the strategy, and this I think paid off, was... We did this the last day, yeah. so like we were we were in hiking mode, and we were we were you know as acclimated as you can be after being in Colorado for five or six days. Uh, there's no way in hell we would have been able to do that to be in the trip. Oh God, I, we would have passed. There out. is no way in hell we would have been able to do two of these without just dest- destroying ourselves. You know, I don't know. Bryce wouldn't have survived. We'd have to do like a six mile day in between or something. And Bryce did fine. I mean, Bryce did good on the 14 er. Yeah. He you know, he, good. he, he was not like, you know, he got a little lightheaded, but it wasn't like, you know, the first day. Um, so that was the trip, uh, you know, 50 miles on the Colorado trail going segments, um, eight to, uh, here, we'll zoom out here. Yeah. Go segments eight through 10 and then a little Mount Albert, uh, 10 mile pop off there at the end. And yeah. then we hiked out, obviously. And Scott and I actually did 63 total miles because we went to the car and got uh, there. So the last night, so obviously <laughs> we, um, I'll, I'll kind of zoom in. So we hiked, you know, we, we, the last night, so this red line, this red squiggly line is all the Mount Elbert stuff. And then, um, so you can't see it. There's a little road. Oh, no. Oh, no. This little road that sneaks out, and we parked a car a mile from our campsite the last night. And the uh, the strategy there was we could stash a bunch of stuff in the car, and we played um, I don't know, flip the coin for who were the poor souls that had had to do the two mile round trip, mm-hmm. uh, slog to the car to get the beer, and Andy and Scott lost that bet. Yeah. So. <laughs> Because we wanted Summit beers. We wanted Summit beers, and we were hiked by this creek the last night, so we wanted some beers to put in the creek at night. And I will say, I mean, I wasn't the one who got it, but at the end of five days of backpacking, even the mildly cold beers just taste incredible. Yes, they do. Um, So the last night, you know, Andy Andy and Scott made the sacrifice. And Bryce and I filtered your water, and I hung the worst bear line. (laughs) I was like, what chores can we do while you go get beer? So Andy technically did, uh, the actual trip mileage was 61 miles. So Andy did 63. So that was the next thing I wanted to bring up. So we did 61 miles and about 15,000 feet of elevation in four nights, five days. That was too much. That's a lot for us. (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't too much. It wasn't too much. Anything more would have been too much. I mean, doing 12 miles the first day, doing 12 miles and 3000 feet of climbing, like literally 12 hours after you've been in Columbus, Ohio, that was a bit aggressive. That, that was, that was too aggressive. Yeah. And it showed in destroying Bryce <sighs> and like in hindsight, maybe would have done a little less, but it was such a cool segment. But it maybe, was maybe do like, maybe do like five or six miles before the, before going above tree line and camping. Yeah. Get dropped off further up the trail. 
something like that or just do like just do like four or five miles the first day that's kind of the sweet spot for us is even if you're not at elevation the first day do like five to six miles yeah you know do do three hours of hiking and two three hours of hiking drill instructor scott 12 miles so 12 miles the first day and three thousand feet of climbing and two passes was it was hard hard and too much and it got it got bryce a little bit so the first kind of uh feedback is probably would have done a little bit less mileage but but having said that like we're all fine you know no injuries you know like felt felt fine yeah felt fine i mean the, the the worst part of it all for me or the hardest part of it all for me was coming down elbert and there were some other downhills during that trip. Yeah. Like three, four mile stretches where you're just coming downhill. And I don't, I do not the, like that at yeah, all. I hate climbing and definitely going downhill is better. It's better. Than, it's better than it's climbing. Better. But my God, two and a half hours of just steep downhill sucks. And I don't know how people don't do it. Half the people didn't have tracking poles. I don't understand how people do that. It's got to crush your knees. Um, the second kind of reflection, and we just talked about it, we'll kind of gloss past it, is it was stupid to even consider doing two 14ers. Um, the third thing I kind of want to talk about was I, and it was fine because we got a little lucky because it, it rained at camp, but I did not, I was, I did not pack for rain. Uh, well, I mean, what else would you change? You had a rain jacket. You had, I, you had I brought Kroger bags. I did not have... Haven't you learned your lesson yet? It's It was... Well, the Kroger bags were fine. <laughs> I did not have my sleeping bag. I had my sleeping bag in a sill nylon sack. I did not have my sleeping bag in a... Like a dry bag. Dry bag. So the wh- what I did was, before I left, I was like, well, maybe it'll rain. I brought some, like, grocery bags. And um, so it rained twice. You know, once it rained that night we talked about at camp, but there was also another morning where it rained in the morning and a little bit while we hiked. So I just use those uh, grocery bags to put my quilt in. But but I mean, like outside of that big rain, which we were lucky enough to be set up in, so we're good there. Like, but there I, was, it, it probably rained for five or six hours collectively while we were there. Yeah, yeah. And I was not like we were in Colorado for eight days in 2018 and not a drop of rain. I know. So I was not expecting rain. Maybe that's a thing of mid July versus end of August, maybe. But like I was going back and thinking about um, kind of like the trip takeaways and I, I, I was, was like, ah, and then we were, t- everyone says, everyone says, everyone, it rains, Colorado it rains for like 10 minutes. False. <laughs> False. Both times it rained, it rained for like one to three hours you know each what, time. Though? Like, I'm so glad it rained out there. I, it's like it, the whole West scares the crap out of me with fires. Yeah. So the other thing was I, and this kind of piggybacks on the rain comment is everything was really green and lush yeah. and I'm not used to that in Colorado. I was expecting it to be super dry and it certainly was in areas. Mm-hmm. This kind of goes with the mosquitoes, but it was wet. I mean, I woke up the first morning with a layer of condensation on my tent and I was not expecting that whatsoever. I mean, I was expecting bone dry the entire trip so I don't know. I would love it if people in the comments, I think maybe that's a factor of going in July. Maybe that's a little bit of the wetter season. Um, but I was not expecting that. The other thing I was not expecting, and this is a good thing, and maybe this plays into the time of year, was uh, the water availability for this sec, these 50 miles, 60 miles, was phenomenal. was very good. 
and much better. I mean, when we when we were did the first uh, Colorado Trail trip, we we literally we resupplied water at a fire station. I mean, there we yeah. would go ten miles plus without water, and this, I mean, we would go ten miles and hit four or five like really well flowing yeah. water sources. Yeah, most of the time on this trip, we were carrying like a liter to a liter and a half. Sometimes if we knew we had a big climb with little water, we take two liters, but it was nice being able to only have to carry like a liter. So I don't know if that's because it's it's earlier in the season, the snow melt is feeding the stream runoffs. It was wet too. But it was raining, it was wet, it was lush, it was green. Uh, it was not what I was expecting at all. So that was nice. Kind of a little curveball. Yeah, that was uh, I we we commented on that a lot. It was like, wow, the water availability so much different. Yeah, so much better. I mean, it's great. Yeah. Um so another thing and I don't know if this is the right time to talk about this, but Andy and I were really using this trip as a shakedown for the Tahoe trip and we're going to do a podcast setting up that trip. That trip is coming up in about six, seven, eight weeks. And that will be a much bigger, you know, we're, we're doing way more mileage, way more nights, way more days on the Tahoe Rim Trail. So we kind of use this as a shakedown. And I'll be honest with you, my pack, we weighed our packs. You'll see this in the video. It was bad. Fully loaded up with, you know, two liters of water, five days of food. Plus we, the, Day one, we had a few beers. We had cans of beer. My pack was 35, 36 pounds. Mine was 29. And that's the heaviest pack I've ever had by like five pounds. Well, that's the heaviest pack I've had in the ultralight days. We had 40 pound packs back in the day and it was, that was normal. Um, But there's several pieces. I've already, I've already been selling some. I'm, I'm going to shave at least I'm we I am not gonna be over twenty six, twenty seven pounds in Tahoe. With water, right? With water. Yeah, I agree. Um so I'll probably, I'll probably be at like twenty two. Thirty five pounds the first day. I mean it was fine. I mean, we're bigger guys. It yeah. wasn't like crazy bad, but it was the heaviest pack and, I've had in a long time. And you and you're talking day one, twelve miles over twelve thousand feet of elevation, two passes all above the Alpine zone, blaring sun. Yeah. Uh, But one thing I will say is I continue to be impressed by the arc hall and its ability to carry weight comfortably. It's the Swiss army knife of packs. I mean, 35 pounds is heavy, but that pack held it fine. Like no issues whatsoever. Um, But I took way too much stuff on that trip. And part of that was, I mean, I carry, I carried, almost five pounds of camera gear and that's just not happening on Tahoe. I'm losing the tripod. I got a lighter lens drone still coming though. Got some sick drone shots, but yeah, I carried four to five pounds of camera gear plus, I mean five and I didn't eat all my food. I took way too much food. I just, I, I, I'm going to slim down and part of it is it'll be warmer in Tahoe so we can lose some of that weight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my pack was way too heavy and yeah, I'm definitely not taking. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I I'm, I won't be carrying beer in Tahoe. Maybe I'll be carrying beer the first night. Yeah, first night. Yeah, maybe. first night uh, for sure. But I'm trying to get everything in the in my light AF 
pack, but we have a resupply in Tahoe, so, so we only have to carry three to four days of food at a time. Right. So, um, and we'll, yeah, I'll be taking the Lead AF pack to Tahoe, but, but part of the reflection on this trip was I just took way too much stuff. You know what else was really weird about this trip, too? What? The uh, the temps were a lot warmer than I expected. Yeah, so a good point. So, um, checking the weather going in, uh, we were checking uh, weather in Leadville, Um which is uh, right about 10,000 feet. And we were hiking between 11 and 13 the whole time. So basically take 10,000 feet and, and add, subtract 10 degrees from the temperature kind of. So we were prepared for, I was prepared to set up to go down to freezing. And the first night we had frost. But first many of the nights, the, coldest, the yeah. coldest it got was like upper 40s. And I'll be honest with you, I was too hot. Yeah, I was sweating. Uh, I brought a 20 degree setup because we were prepared for 32, 33, 34 degrees. That's what we thought it would be like. And it really, I mean, other than the first night, the coldest it got was like upper 40s. Yeah. And in a 20 degree setup, I mean, you're sweating. Yeah. So, um, and there's nothing you can do about that, right? I mean, you just, you look at the weather, you make some judgment calls. You, you definitely, in this sort of environment, you have to err on the, on being more cautious. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, it, it gets cold it gets, um, and you don't want to be up there and be freezing. No. So that was part of the weight issue was we had really cold setups and it just didn't get to be that cold, but I don't know how you fix that, you know? Yeah. The I, weather said the weather was, you know, the lows in Leadville were 40, 41 degrees. So we're like, okay, it's gonna be 30 to 35 degrees up in the mountains. And it, it, other than the first night, it was not, I mean, it was 48, 49 degrees, which was awesome by the way. Fantastic. Um, but was not prepared to be that warm, but what, what can you do about it? So there's a question in the chat. This is interesting. This is from big chief 77. Is that big chief from the AT? That'd be great. Big, big. So we met a dude on the AT through hiking and his name was big chief. Is that you? And if it's you, this is Grayson Highlands. We were at the, we were on that bald. Yeah. Uh, tell us if it was, but, but the question was, what's the average cost to do a trip like this? Great question. Let's outline it. Uh, airfare 300 bucks. Less than that. So we got lucky, um, Columbus to Denver. We got a round trip nonstop flights on Southwest for like. 250 280 a person which is a little oh, good no? yeah. um that's atypically cheap and then we also got insanely lucky in that our buddy scott um his family has has some lodging has some lodging out there and a car out there so we didn't have to pay for lodging or transportation to the trail so that that alone saves you a couple hundred bucks um so other than the flight um, and I'm going to be honest, I dehydrated a lot of my food. Yeah, I did too. We're probably talking, you could do it for, you could. So for us, for this trip, way less than 500 bucks a person, way less, uh, flight was 280. You're not spending, well, what, I mean, we bought meals. Yeah. So we had a good post hike meal, uh, say, let's say 500 bucks a person for this, this trip. Yeah. Say 500 bucks. Um, now if you, if you're not lucky like us and you got to do lodging, and cars maybe add another like 250 to that mm -hmm. so maybe f five to seven hundred bucks to do six days in colorado you can do it for cheaper too because you could fly in and just go straight to the trailhead like get transportation i still that's going to be expensive to get out to where we got to 
Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a hundred bucks a person at least. Go to segment one, start there. But you know, nobody wants to do that. (laughs) Segment one sucks. Uh, but great question. Um, yeah, our price for this was between like three and 500 bucks a person, but that we, we just got lucky, but I would say, um, five to seven fifty mm-hmm. total, depending on like how many nights you want to stay. I, I will say we were kind of talking one thing. If you can do that and Bryce, especially if you have the ability to do this and obviously it's going to inflate your trip costs. If you can get out there a day or two before you start hiking will really be helpful. <laughs> um, John Long said, you forgot the $80 for yet another melons on in Leadville. We, uh, so we, we, uh, we were in Leadville. John, we, we, get- we, we went to Leadville and we did not go to melons on uh, So first off there, Melanzana right now is only doing a po- store appointments. And I'll be honest with you, Andy and I, between the two of us, we've got like eight or nine of these Mellies now. So we were mellied out. Uh, but um, we did not, we drove right past Melanzana. They are taking, it's like by appointment only. So if you're going to Leadville, try and go to Melanzana, Ugh. you got to go in and get an appointment for like a week in advance. Yeah. But that's funny. But if you haven't been out there, you should budget $80 to go get a Melly. Yeah, we've got plenty of them. Uh, I would say you should do that. It's worth having one of them. Yeah, it's not the big chief from the AT. It's not. Different big chief. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Yeah, because I saw his name was Big Chief 77, right? Yeah. And so I'm assuming Big Chief 77 was born in 1977, and this dude we saw was older than that. Yeah. Um, Great question, though. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we actually, Leadville is a really cool town. We stopped there, so uh, we can describe our post- post trip meal. Uh, so we got off the trail in Leadville. There is a saloon that they've, it's like super famous. It's where like, I don't know, doc holiday went. Yeah. It's like a legit cowboy saloon that they've kept. It feels like a cowboy saloon. It's very cool. It's like a historical site. So we got off the trail. We got, um, a round of beers immediately at this uh, saloon. It was very cool. Yeah. Uh, and then we got back to evergreen where we were staying and we just hit up a brewery and had a great, it just slammed these huge burgers, wings, yep, beer, draft beer. It was a really good post hike meal. Yeah. Very satisfying. Very, very good. We always kind of discuss like our, um, where I tend to go for burgers and cold draft beer, cold draft, or sometimes beer. wings and pizza. I, I'm a wait. I, I like the wings and pizza post trail hike, but so anyway, that might inflate your trip costs yeah. if you're gonna go nuts. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna go. Nuts. But I would say, um, if you add up all the meals and all the backpacking food, I would say you and I well under 500 bucks a person. But we'd have to pay for lodging or transportation. Yeah. So yeah, we got lucky. That we got super lucky, um, and we're also <laughs> same thing with our Tahoe trip because our sister lives out there. We will not be paying for lodging or transportation there either. No, but the <laughs> but the but the airfare to Tahoe was expensive. Airfare is crazy expensive. It's like it's five hundred bucks a person to go out to Tahoe. So um, that's you know whenever whenever I talk to people about backpacking, I'm like you know the upfront cost is expensive. Gear's not cheap. Yeah. But the actual trip costs compared to like if you're not backpacking, it's you know five hundred bucks to go to Colorado for six days. Yeah, not bad. No, not at all. Even if you did, even if you had, if you had to pay for lodging and transportation, you know seven eight hundred bucks for six days in Colorado. It's really not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the cool thing about the CT, you know, no permits you have to buy, nothing like that. So there's no like added trip cost. 
No, you had to fill out a permit to go into Holy Cross. Yeah, it was kind of weird. That, but we didn't stay in Holy Cross. Um, so I think real quick, I want to ask you. So what, um, if you had to do this again, maybe in terms of gear or whatever, like what would you do differently? Um, Did you like to have in the hammock? Yeah, I, I hammocked it. I It was fine. Uh, I actually used the chameleon too, which I haven't you used. You did not yet. use the banyan. Yeah. And for weight reasons. For weight reasons, yeah. Uh, it was fantastic. I slept great. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I I was thinking about, like, I I brought too much cold weather stuff. So Yeah, well, it just didn't get that cold. Yeah, so I could have shaved off some weight there. But that's not something you, like, you're, you're going to have to bring that if... Right. You can't just, like... Right. My, uh, my food loadout, which you were... When we... I don't know. Those of you should watch the video where we talk about it or go through our food. My food loadout was perfect i brought too much food yeah i brought a little bit more than i needed but like it it was good and i hate bringing too much food because it's just extra weight you've had to carry the entire week and cost yeah um i brought too much food and i i did like the food i brought though i liked i had some dehydrated stuff i did which was really good and what was your best what was your favorite meal um, you know, I was really enjoying the, uh, the Buffalo chicken wraps I was making. Andy, uh, was underwhelmed by the peak refuel. You'll see it on video. Oh yeah. Uh, I, granted I only had, I've only had one of them and, That's true. and I only bought the one that everybody raves about, which is what the sweet chicken, sweet pork and rice or whatever. And everybody goes like ape crazy about that stuff. And I had it and I was like, it's okay. I uh, really enjoyed the oatmeal in the morning. Did you? Yeah, surprisingly. Andy always rips on oatmeal. We I had had a couple I had a couple meals of uh, oatmeal with protein powder, and then you just had water, hot water. It was it was good. Yeah, and it, for people watching, we did release a video on our entire food loadout. Was, this trip is a little bit different because of the mileage and the protein needs. So we we did our food a little bit differently. So it's worth watching if you're in if you're into that and like you're. You want to, I don't know. It's worth watching because it's yeah. a little bit different than most trips. Yeah. You got to, you got to stop taking Now, granted, I, I'm the only one that I benefit from this. So this hurts me saying this, but you should just stop carrying cheese and salami. I don't do that on every trip. It's a lot of weight. I'm not bringing it to Tahoe. Yeah. I no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not, I'm not anti that. I, I brought us, I brought a pepperoni log and cheese. I do it all the time. I just didn't eat it all. Um, I, I did struggle, I think, a little bit with uh, appetite. I don't know if that's a elevation thing. Yeah, I had to. I definitely had to force. Myself yeah, for, to yeah, I had to force myself to eat a few times. Which is, I'm not used to that now. When I got off the trail, no problem. I was freaking hungry. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Any other uh, any other recollections? Oh man! Any um, other lessons learned? No. Uh, well, actually, here's a lessons learned, but I was prepared for it. The O-ring on my Sawyer squeeze failed, but I had a backup. That's so. right. Yeah, we always preach that. Um, yeah, uh, dude, I'm on the I'm on a full second year of my current Sawyer squeeze, and it's still going. Yeah, O-ring failed on it, and uh, luckily I carried a spare. But the O-ring, didn't you just shove it back in there? Like, how's it fail? Um, it got like warped. So the, it didn't work. Yeah. Like was water yeah, pouring water, out. Water, oh, water was I didn't down. know that. Yeah, it was. Water was leaking down the side of the filter, and that's when I was like, "What the hell is going on?" So, I could a few times I could like reseat it, but then it just it wouldn't seat again. So, um, another gear related thing. Andy and I immediately bought these when we got home because we we saw so many people wearing them, and even Scott and Bryce had them. And we have sun shirts, but we we bought sun shirts with a full hood. 
Yeah, because it's brutal. I mean, it is. Um, if you've never hiked out west, especially if you do stuff above treeline, it's like you're at the beach all day, but the sun is even that much stronger because you're up high in elevation. And the sun, I mean, the sun will just beat down on you for eight, nine hours a day. And it's like you can use sunscreen and that's fine, but these lightweight sun shirts that people have, and you can get them for fishing and any that have them, but having one with a hood. Yeah, I wore I wore long sleeves the whole time. Like I do have like a sun shirt, but you know, we were those people that we went out and got we got the sun hoodies because Tahoe's gonna be even more exposed. Right. So Tahoe's gonna be even more exposed than this. Uh, so we bought some sun shirts with hoods on them, yeah. um, which should be really helpful. That was something I was definitely missing. Yeah. Big Chief said, Did your meal prep help with your recovery overnight like you hoped it would? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I lot, think so for lots sure. Lots of protein. Lots um, of protein. I think I think having the updated uh upregulated protein intake. I think that really did help. Yeah, I actually. Um, Although I'm, I'm so sick of crushing protein bars. You got to get good ones, tasty ones. I know I'm cheap though. <laughs> um, uh, I actually don't. I never was sore. Like what, uh, I was a little sore after some of the downhills. I, I mean, I definitely felt like the the last day coming at coming down Elbert, like when we got to the car, like my knees felt like jello, but I was never. No, I, I think part of that's protein. I mean, protein does help with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go if you're curious, go back and watch the food video. We had, you know, protein loading. I mean, we just, yeah, we like doubled the amount of protein we normally take. Yeah, I was about, I was 100 grams per day, which is still not enough. It's not enough, but yeah. it's way more than you would have normally got had you not been like consciously trying to eat protein. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, great question. It re- I think it really did help. Yeah. Um, I think part of those, I mean, we're both... You're running this marathon with me. I mean, we're pretty good shape. That helped a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah. I don't know what other like lessons learned. Um, Colorado's beautiful. I mean, it's just, it's just such an amazing state. It's so beautiful. Like you can't go like, yes, yeah, some of the Colorado trail segments are better than the others, but if you can get on any of them, just do it. But definitely go further in even the stuff past where we went it definitely gets prettier the more the deeper you get into colorado so i feel like colorado in terms of west backpacking is overlooked because you've got the california pct oregon washington area so i feel like colorado kind of gets overlooked but i mean fantastic backpacking and the colorado trail is beautiful and it's it's logistically fairly easy even though you're doing like three thousand feet of gain a day usually the grade is not super steep this one was rougher. Uh, definitely these segments were steeper than the first segments, yeah. for sure. Um, but, I, I mean, I can't I can't speak highly enough of Colorado backpacking. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm, I'm jealous of everybody. That and um, uh, something we, we didn't really mention in the video or now was the entire segment we did, this 55 miles, 60 miles, it was all the CDT. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. So uh, this uh, the, the map, I'll pull it up one last time. Um, you know, this, uh, this red line that is all CDT. So uh, I thought that was cool. I, I knew we'd be on the CDT, but I didn't think we'd be on the continental divide trail the entire time. Yeah. So, um, you're going to do, you know, you're going to hit within like two months, you're going to hit the PCT and the CDT. Isn't that cool? Wait, did, did we, were we on the AT when we were in the Smokies in January? No. 
Oh, Otherwise, thought, you would have gotten it. I thought we were going to have the weekend warrior. I've, d- I've done it. Yeah, you did it last I've year. I've done it. So if you know, so we, I came up with something called the weekend warrior triple crown, and that is to set foot on the three main th- through hike trails in a calendar year. So I did that uh, 2019. So you got to get two. You're going to get two of the three. Maybe I should make just go go to Pennsylvania really fast. <laughs> that, that's probably the closest way to get on the AT. <laughs> But uh, we'll hit the PCT and the CDT in like a two-month span. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. The the Weekend Warrior Triple Crown. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a pretty cool thing to strive for. Yeah. yeah. In 365 days, set foot on all three of those trails. Um, all right. So um, uh, part one of the trip video will be out next week, I think. Uh, it, it's I got some really good footage. It's mm-hmm. going to be a really pretty video. Um, I encourage you all to watch it. And then I, I'll be honest with you guys. So we're doing a part one, a part two, and then an, a, spe- a special one just for Elbert. Yep. Uh, but we're going to, I mean, we, we start just reloading for the Tahoe Rim Trail right now. I, I, uh, I was actually uh, doing some food prep today. I was yeah, check, I was checking on. I mean, like, I um, how I'm much s- coffee do I have? How many bars do I have? I'm selling uh, on eBay the Garmin Inreach, and I'm getting the Mini. I mean, we're we're starting right now to retool because I mean, literally six weeks, six weeks, six seven weeks from today, we'll be on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're gonna see some more content coming out, and the Tahoe Rim stuff will be a much more aggressive trail than what we did in Colorado. Yeah. Um, so you'll be seeing some stuff come out about that. It's a different kind of hike. Um, we're gonna go lighter, more sun exposure, uh, kind of different dynamics of the trail. So there'll be some stuff kind of coming I'll out be, about that. I'll we'll probably do a a podcast on an over entire overview of that trip. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I'll be in a tent too. And it'll be in a tent. No, yeah. we're going to, so I think we're going to do a whole BSing like mm-hmm. we did for this trip. We'll do a BSing kind of setting up that trail. Um, we'll be doing some more podcasts in between now and then, of yep. course. Um, we're going to get some Colorado Trail through hikers on the podcast. And is, is that it? I think that's it. Um, good to be back. Hope everyone's being safe. Uh, Delta variants out there. Might be doing some more lockdown live streams. I don't know. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Um, I think that's it for us, though. Happy Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. Uh, we'll be back next week, I think. Yeah. What's next Friday? Yeah, we could probably do next Friday. We'll be Friday. back next Friday. Yep. Um, but yeah, we'll be uh, re-gearing for Tahoe. Get back into the high Sierra. Yep. I think that's it, everybody. Yeah. Oh, have the fire situation. God, I hope it's not good right now. Yeah. Um, it's not good out in Tahoe right now. I know. I know. So I haven't, you know, I, I've... St- we just what are we going to do? Go back to Colorado. I say we go up to Oregon because we're going to be in Reno. Yeah. Or hit up the PCT. Yeah. I don't know. we got to figure that out. If the last year, the, the, the fires canceled everyone's TRT through hikes. So we could grab a rental and you're right. Just drive to Oregon or do something on the PCT. Cause I'm going to be out there. Yeah. I can't reroute to Colorado. That's right. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. If anyone has any, <laughs> if anyone has any good suggestions for hikes to do in the Lake Tahoe area, if wildfires come rolling in, let us know. Cause that's all, unfortunately always something you have to plan for out there. Um, all right. All right. Tahoe content coming more yep. BS and coming more videos coming. Yep. Uh, thanks everybody for, uh, posting in the chat. Uh, is there anything up. we need to No. Okay. Just a bunch of good suggestions. <laughs> good I, stuff. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Thanks for spending your Saturday with us. Yes. Thanks for spending the Saturday with us. All right. It's time to go prep a bunch of barbecue. Yep. All right, everybody. Bye-bye.